Greetings and welcome. My name is Mike Bankhead. I am your host. I am a bass player and songwriter from the Jam City, Dayton, Ohio. And today on the third podcast episode I'm releasing in three consecutive days, I give you Los Angeles-based, well, to be more accurate, Long Beach, California-based, multi-instrumentalist Ori Soaring, who also paints. Yeah, this is one of the more talented people I've met recently, and one of the more effortlessly cool people I've met. I think you'll enjoy getting to know Ori Soaring and all about her art on today's episode of the You Could Be My Aramis podcast. Let's go. You have many names. So the first thing we're going to do is I'll let you introduce yourself to the listeners. And based on how you introduce yourself, that is how I will refer to you the rest of this conversation. How's that? That sounds good. That sounds good. Uh, my name is Ori. I am a multi-instrumentalist, artist, uh, writer, all things uh, creativity. I, I've known Mike for now going on several years. So uh, we've had one conversation and that's my self-introduction. <laughs> That's really good. And your elevator pitch was pretty decent too. Like you didn't go into a lot of detail, but nice and succinct. Keep it, keep it spicy. Yeah. Well, let's take a bunch of those in turn. You're a musician. Mm-hmm. Now I know what you play, but the listeners don't. Is that a beer? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, we're what kind of beer? Tell me what kind of beer. Uh, th- oh, this is a Voodoo Ranger in New Belgium. It's a New Belgium Voodoo ah, Out of Colorado, the New Belgium uh, brewery is. Yep, yep. This is a this regular IPA. Have a All little right. bite. Yeah, I've got I got Hennessy, so some brandy in a in a snifter. Ooh, fancy. I'm drinking out of the can. <laughs> no snifter. Well, you don't want to like warm up the beer. So I know yep. you play guitar because there's one literally right next to you. Yep. Um I I also play uh, saxophones, keyboards, uh, and bass guitar. That's a lot. <laughs> how do you decide what you're going to play on a given day it's all right so it depends if i have like a certain objective like i i play for a local um symphony a, a civic symphony if i have to practice i have to play my saxophone to practice because i play saxophone in that band uh, right now i'm in a guitar i'm coming out of an acoustic guitar phase so i was like really heavy playing that i feel like i'm going back into a more of a bass groove stage and I'm working on um, composing more. So, you know, I write, I use my, I play my piano more. So it's just different. Now it's becoming more focused than the last time we talked. Okay. And that really wasn't that long ago. It was just a few months ago. So that's good. Well, no, 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 no. I, I mean, I, I, you know, with, with, with the camera rolling. Oh yeah. With the camera rolling. Um, the first time I met you was at a music conference. Yep. What did you take away from going to that conference? Obviously, we all go to be educated in the network. Um, what what kind of things did you walk out of that conference with that have helped you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so corny, but like not it's, it's never too late. But it's sort of like you don't ever have to stop going after this, and you can define your own goals and what this means to you. This quote, being a musician, um, that was really good. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I think that would be it. I think leaving that conference, I had to answer some questions for myself. And that was good. And then also just some of the stuff has become second nature 
thanks to that conference and thanks to just like staying in touch with all the, you know, materials they put out. Pretty cool. Uh, let's go, let's, let's get in the Wayback Machine. Okay. How did you get started making music in your youth? Yeah, cool question. Um, I guess it started um, making mixtapes on my sister's Fisher Price. So I found out that it was, she had a little microphone attached to it, but you can hit record and put real tapes in it and do real time recording. So I started making mixtapes and I would come on and I introduced, you know, coming up next is Bone Thugs and Harmony. Like I started doing stuff like that. Then I started singing songs into it in the, in between, I would have like my feature. And then it just kept growing until probably, I was like 12 or 13. I was old enough to go to the grocery, like when my mom was going to the grocery store, I'd go to a different uh, section of the, you know, the shopping plaza. And a lot of times it was music stores. And then I figured out, oh, so I can make the music that we hear on the radio just by doing all, you know, playing with all these. So that's how I started. Bone Thugs and Harmony, Ohioans. <laughs> no joke. Some classic right there. You mentioned earlier that you played saxophone in a symphony. So I, I got to ask how you started playing saxophone or what was the origins of that? Oh, that's a cool story too. Um, I, think, I think we're close in age. I don't know. Do you remember Magellan or uh, Eureka's Castle? No, we are not close in age. You're a decade younger than me. Oh, okay. Got I it, think. Got it. That makes sense. That's why I, I, yeah. Okay. So... There was a there's a puppet movie or puppet show on Nickelodeon and the dragon played the saxophone and it always sounded so cool. As soon as that dragon started playing the saxophone, everyone started bopping around and having a good time and things kind of chilled out. So I asked my mom, you know, what is this? Like what 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 is like Magellan doing? Oh, she's like, oh, he's that's a saxophone. He's playing saxophone. Everybody's chilling out. And I'm like, okay. I want to play saxophone. Got to wait till you're in sixth grade. So sixth grade rolls around. First thing I ask her, so what about the saxophone? We, we talked about that. So she went, um, we talked to the music teacher. I was supposed to start music classes like a year prior that summer, something silly. And they just asked me, will you continue to practice? And I said something like dramatic, like the rest of my life. They're like, okay, she can come in. <laughs> that was bound in blood. So, and look at you, still practicing to this day. Still practicing, sometimes with the same horn from high school. Wow. Yeah. Well, those uh, things are pretty expensive, aren't they? Yeah, like um, my folks got me a really good saxophone, so they didn't start me off with the bass because, again, they're like, so are you going to just keep playing this? And I was like, yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> so they got me a pretty, pretty decent one. Yeah, now, see, I haven't heard that story. I've heard a few of your stories, which is, I mean, I want to have you on because we're friends. It'd be fun to talk. But you have a lot of cool things to tell. So I yeah. figured, and I guess, you know, you have enough of those beers. You'll start to sneak in a whole bunch of them. <laughs> uh, another question about your youth. So think back as far as you can. What's okay. the first song you can remember hearing in your life? Uh, it's probably either the, um, well, there's a, um, song, 
like so my original answer my, my first answer here was either houdini wild wild west or Pee Wee Herman song. Tequila. Yeah, yeah. Or, which is insane. Um, or it was this lullaby from Lady in the Tramp. And it's called Lullaloo. It's really pretty. I could play it on piano. Um, that, I'm thinking that might be the first song. I think I was, um, yeah, I think that that might be the first one I remember. I like that. Yeah. Where exactly are you from? I was born in Oklahoma um, City, Oklahoma, um, the city part of Oklahoma. And I, um, we moved around a lot. So I claim Marietta, Georgia, so North Atlanta. That's where I spent a lot of my adolescence and grew up. Now, you don't sound like you're from Georgia. Used to. <laughs> <laughs> Used to. And so I think when I met you at the time, you were living in Houston. Yeah. And now you live in LBC. Yeah. Like Snoop would say. Yeah. You seem pretty happy to be there. I am. (laughs) I am. It's it's such a chill place. It's so chill. People are so nice. Um, And it's close to so many other things that I like. So. Like the ocean. Yeah, that and the mountains and the desert and snow caps. Um, I spent some time in Texas and that wasn't really my bag of tea. So just having the stark difference, like I'll calm down. Like I'm pretty sure I'm becoming obnoxious with it, but I'll calm down soon. No, you're not. It's all good. <laughs> okay. Look, I used to live in El Paso and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't my thing either. So I get it. I yeah. Know, a little bit. Yeah. You can get somewhere you like, like you love how much you love Ohio. It's home. And the funny thing is that a lot of kids who grew up here, all they want to do is get out. Mm-hmm. Well, she you know, love you're, it. You're from a small town. The, I used to travel a lot in a past life for a corporate job. Uh-huh. So I've been to many more places than the average American, at least as right. far as not lived in, but definitely set foot in more countries than the average American. Right. And the more, Places I visit, the more I realize that this is not a bad place to live. There are a lot of places I like to see. I don't think there's too many places that I would go and be like, you know, I'd rather live here than, than where I grew up. Uh, ain't nowhere perfect, obviously. Right. But this is a decent place to live. I, and that's the cool thing. Like, like, I think that right there is a life experience. And that's really cool. I don't really have that. So I like I bopped around. I, I spent my time differently. But I think it'd be really cool just to sort of experienced that as well. Like that sounds like pretty dope to like be comfortable and feel good in a place that you grew up in. Like that's really dope. Well, as comfortable as you can be looking like us in this country, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there there are limits. But you know what? You have lived in a lot more places than I have. Yeah. Significant parts of your life. In, in a lot more places than me because i've really only lived as far as i can remember right i mean when we were a child we bounced around a little bit but i don't remember anything before like i was five but as a as a person from when i can remember the only place i've ever actually lived was just outside of el paso and that was only a year i lived in the desert long enough to know that i don't need to live in the desert and came home right and like i like going to visit la there is no universe in which I could live there. It ain't for me, uh-huh. which is okay. It's not for everybody, right? LA is a different breed. I don't live in LA. 
I mean, everything between San Diego and San Francisco is LA to me, so I don't know. Not oh. that's not true. San Luis Obispo <laughs> is way different. I've been there. That's nice. Yeah. No, LA is wild. LA is jeez. <laughs> but I've never lived in Georgia. I mean, I've been to I think everybody's been to Atlanta, but I've never lived there. I've never even been to Houston. I would go. I got friends there. I need to put that on my list as a You would you know, like Houston for the food. I would. I've heard good things about this Vietnamese Cajun fusion they got going on there. And that just sounds like a good idea to me. It is. There there is some good food there. I'll say that. Like definitely some good food. So this is gonna be a hard question for you to answer because you moved okay. around a lot. What did your childhood smell like? Mm. Mm. I want vanilla sugar. It's my mom. My mom used to wear this um, Bath and Body Works lotion called Warm Vanilla Sugar. And also she liked the candles and the hand soap. So it was in a, <laughs> a lot of different places, but it smelled good. So probably Warm Vanilla Sugar. All right. I don't think I know what that smells like, but that's okay. <laughs> it's an old Bath and Body Works um, fragrance. When's the last time you smelled that? Honestly, I wear something very similar now. Oh, <laughs> so frequently. Does it, does it still remind you of home then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have an emotional connection. That's why I like that question because mm-hmm. smells weird and that it take you a place mm-hmm. in, in a way that other things might not be able to. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I dig it. All right, time to, time to get into your creative side because you write songs. Yeah. But you play at least four different instruments. So how do you know what to use to write with when it's writing time? Oh, well, mm, I don't write like an instrumentalist. I write more like a composer. So I used to always try to push saxophone in it. And now I always try to put some synth in it. And I'm okay with that. But I had to lay back from that. So how do I pick an instrument? It's not that I pick an instrument. It's like cooking. So it's it's a lot like without a recipe, you can go into any kitchen and make some food. With yes. The, yeah, with the, with the ingredients all around. Even things we don't consider ingredients, I'm sure you know, are ingredients. The same is with writing music. It's like, okay, what color is this song? Mm, I'm going to say it's like a it's like a light blue, but then it fades into like a, like a pretty orange. Now that one you're going to have to explain in more detail because, and we have had this face to face. I don't understand that at all. So I, yeah. I'm sorry to stop you and make you go on the side tangent, but I like <laughs> I want to examine that and then get back to the rest of the story. Yeah, sure. So, um, all right. I've asked. Sometimes I've taught music classes, and recently I've been doing that a little bit more, and. I would ask uh, groups, primarily children, what color are you feeling today? And they do all the basic colors. And so then I'd play like a lick or something. I'm like, what color is this lick? Red, green, why is it red? All right, I'm gonna do it again. I play another lick. What color is that? More like blue because it's flowy. And so like the kids start figuring out how to attribute their emotions to these colors. And from there, I try to you know, paint the picture, if you will. So when I say going from, I want this song to go from like a dark murky blue to like an orange, 
back down to like maybe bluish and go more orange. What I'm saying is I want the song to be sort of heavy, but also uh, not too weighed down. And then I do want like this really optimistic part in this next. And then I want it to kind of go back heavy, but not as heavy as it was. And then I want it to kind of float off. The translation of that is the bottom doesn't need to be too like do 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 do. I can have like a nice bass, or I can have like it plucked or a marimba. I I can now attribute the instruments to these colors and emotions that go with the music. So does the saxophone fit here? I don't know. I'm just trying to make this song have an emotional, you know, center to it. When you sit down to write, what's the first tool that you reach for? Probably my lighter. <laughs> so I can light some incense and um, I try to chill out. Um, other than that, playing piano. Like I just, I just might doodle around on the piano. That's a good question. Damn, what? I mean, I know my process. I know how to set up, but I don't know what I do when it's time to actually write. I think about it. That's why I like that question because we all don't do it the same way. Yeah. You talk to a hundred <laughs> songwriters. We all end up. We all end up with songs. We all get there a different way, which is why talking about songwriting is never boring. Yeah. What about you? What's your process? The answer is it depends, and I know that's boring. <laughs> but for instance, right now I have a gazillion voice memos saved on my phone for the past. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just had a writing day edit. I won't do it unless I literally write on my calendar, write songs today. Otherwise I'll find other, other stuff to do. Right. So I've yeah. started needing to just block out the time. I had a writing day earlier this uh, last week where I cleared out six voice memos. Three of them ended up in songs and three of them ended up being discarded because, you know, sometimes when you, wake up at four in the morning and sing yourself a melody and you go back and check it later, you're like, I sound like I was on drugs and I have no idea what I was <laughs> yeah. trying to tell myself. I mean, because some stuff some stuff comes to me in the middle of the night when I'm sleeping or first thing in the morning and I just try to get it down real quick. Yeah. So there were a couple where I couldn't make heads or tails out of what was in my brain when I recorded it. And, but I have dozens and dozens of voice memos. So mm -hmm. Uh, I have another writing day next week and I'll probably start there. If okay. I'm not starting there and if I'm writing to a prompt, uh, depending on the kind of prompt, it's either my bass or this electric keyboard that's right next to me. If I know it's something that I, like if I have a good feeling that it might end up being good enough to take the studio, I usually stick to the piano because I know I'm going to have to explain my chord progressions to a guitarist. Yeah. And, the way I write bass lines, guitarists don't know what I want just from my bass line. So right. the piano is my way of putting in chord flavors. But yeah, mm -hmm. so usually the phone or this, always, always these days, I write on this PC with a Google Doc open. So that way when I get going, it's saved right to the cloud and I can, you know, if I get interrupted, I can come back later. Um, yeah, I've, ad I've adopted the technology. You can teach an old dog to do tricks, right? <laughs> We just got to move you from the PC, and we'll be good. Nah, I like I like the PC. I'm very comfortable with the PC. Okay. Just Macs are bad um, for me, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I stopped keeping up. I had to stop keeping up. I I um surrendered to the Apple. Uh yeah, I refuse. 
Yeah, I, I was holding on, and then I just said, I, I can't learn. I can't do it all. Then I bow down. So when you're writing, how do you know when your song's done? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. When I could, when you're like, it's done. I'm done. <laughs> it's done. That's when when I when I feel like I'm done. Like you can't answer the question by repeating the question. That's not fair. Oh, okay. You can't say you're done when you're done. How do you know when you're done? When the only other thing I want to do to it is remix it. Like the only thing I want to do is like maybe change the genre or wipe it clean. Like at that point, I can say, good. Even if that's version one, you have to be done at some point because too many um, unfinished projects will give me not anxiety. I just start feeling bad about myself. And you shouldn't. <laughs> so the reason I, I like to ask that question is I've had writers tell me, well, it's never done. They're just, they're just the day where I go in the studio and I have to make a choice because I booked the studio time. So yeah. Studios like, have a good, good way to stop it. <laughs> right? Can't. And there's a point where you can literally no longer tinker. I guess you could record yeah. it and then play it different the next time you do it live, right? Yeah, you just gotta. I just put the brakes. I, I just say I'm done. Anything else after this is second version or, like I said, a remix. You mentioned genre. How do you decide what genre that you want the song to be in? That's a, I, have to, I have to work at that because. It's not, you know, not all of us. We, I think we're weird in that we write in different styles of music. There are a lot of musicians that just do one thing and they don't have to worry about that. That's uh, so wild. <laughs> so how do you decide what you, because, you know, you're writing on a piano or an acoustic guitar. It could be one of a million. You could literally do anything with it. Right. So how do you know what you want it to sound like later? I've been working on that. I've been working on that because I, 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 the the example I gave you, I could easily put in some distorted guitar in with that and think, but also we need like some some choir or bell. Right. I because it makes sense and it's the it's what I'm doing, but I'm working on that. So my answer is I don't. You don't know. No, I don't. They lean, so sometimes they lean more in one genre or the next. Or if I'm really trying to be conversational, it'll It'll be more defined, but you got to also make music that you like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you like a lot of different stuff. Yeah. So who are you making the music for? Sometimes you have to make a song for yourself. And that song can have all kinds of shit. <laughs> well, I think more than just sometimes, right? Uh, I yeah. feel like even if it's a song that we're going to sell, you should write for you first. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Because otherwise, how can you expect anyone else to buy in if you don't believe in it yourself? It's, I've, I've, I've written a song where it was supposed to be like a pop song, and it is a pop song. And I just look at it like, you're a bastard. And a heathen and all of it. I don't know. I'm just like, it's a good song. I just didn't want to do that. Well, then I, I feel like it needs some bells and some distorted guitar and a choir, and then it won't yeah. be a pop song anymore. <laughs> yeah. How much stuff have you released? Sheesh. I had to take, I took a break when I moved here. I had to get my life in order. And uh, I, I've tried to internet stalk you and it's really hard. You keep it kind of low profile. Really? Yeah. No, web, no website. Unless I'm just not spelling something right. No, I have a SoundCloud. I don't do SoundCloud. I'm old. 
I was at. I mean, I have one, but I don't use it at all. Like, I mean, I yeah, oh. I don't yeah, I don't ever listen to music on that. Well, see, that's see, I think we have a generation gap there. <laughs> I have twenty songs on uh, SoundCloud, and oh, all right, then I I, I got to go listen to your SoundCloud then, because it's like yeah. everyone's got one. I just figured that people didn't actually use it, like because I don't. So, so you use Spotify? I don't like the green people and I try not to say their name. I, I like to call them the green people. Oh, I do have most of my music up there because that's where the market is. So you have to be there, but I don't like them at all. I know what I still believe in CDs and vinyl. Same. Well, I still I buy that. CDs and vinyl and not everybody does anymore. Right. Well, in addition, I do it in addition. I'm trying to, yeah. hold on. I mean, there, you really can't beat the convenience of streaming, but. If it's an artist I actually care about, I'll buy I'll buy hard copies. Like so next time you drop a record, I'm getting your vinyl or your CD. Same. Um you need to drop one. We, <laughs> we gotta get we gotta get more out of you. I know. Yeah, I slowed down once I moved here. It's definitely a priority. I just had to, you know, secure living first. That is yeah, living's <laughs> important. And establish that and get that more um moving smoothly before. But I've been, I've still been, you know, keeping my chops up and things like that. I just had to refocus and reprioritize a little. On all but, four instruments? Uh, all four. I'm, I'm leaning more into sync work and getting like compositions and doing scores now. Um, nice. Play, well, yeah, you're, you're in the right town for that. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the other part about all of this is it's a good time right now because I can actually chart a plan of attack and keep my mouth shut and not have anything to promote or anything like that. I can just see what's how things move here and then be more calculated rather than running through the streets wild with an album in my hand or whatever I think I need to do to sell. But sync work seems like it's where it's going to be. And I learned that at the um, DIY Musicians Conference. If it is true that if you can break into that business and get regular work, you can make a living doing that, which would enable you to then spend money doing what you want to make for you, right? Where you look, yeah. I'm not going to lie, I want to do sync work too. Yeah. I'm not going to write pop songs to do it though, because I have some stubborn tendencies. Like I feel I do, I do the kind of music I want to make, and uh -huh. that's going to reduce the sync opportunities. It's not like people don't sing rock and roll. There's just a lot less of it in movies and TV and commercials than that indie folk, indie pop. Uh, hip hop's huge right now. Uh, yeah. And especially like for sports and stuff, it's always being played. And I like hip hop and I like a lot of that stuff. I don't like pop really, but yeah, I feel like if I make something that's not me just for that, it, you can see, you can see through it and it's not authentic. So while I do wish to be in that world, I got to do it with the music that I believe in. That said, I do, I do kind of want to make a hip hop record. I just don't have, I'm not a rapper. I need, I need to learn how to do that. Oh, you can all, yeah. You can define your flow. What, what, what is your rap style like? I have no idea. So yeah. I don't think I have one. I, I, can't. you do have one, right? So just play beats and just talk. Yeah, I, I, for me, drummers do beats. I don't even know how to play no beat. No, what I'm saying is like they have like a YouTube channel where you can just have the beat going. And this is why you're doing dishes and just always be rapping. <laughs> and then you'll, you'll find your cadence. Oh, uh, I got I to gotta work on that. Like the writing part of it, I don't think is so difficult. 
just yeah but the delivery part is what i don't have you how about you you rap do you rap most people from atlanta can rap like you know what i shouldn't be surprised by that <laughs> <laughs> like but no, most people from atlanta and that's it's a joke but it's also true a lot of people have albums <laughs> like casually like oh yeah here's my cd <laughs> okay that's just kind of what people do on the side down there yeah all right so um, you're from you're from georgia so mm-hmm. i gotta ask migos or outcast oh outcast oh, okay cool. there you go i didn't know that. so is that a question that people are asking me no i wanted i wanted to ask you i just i just try to pick two atlanta barrier rappers or oh, groups well, on my head. different generations oh i mean i don't really listen to migos like, but i have listened to a couple of outcast records goody mob or outcast I have never listened to a Goody Mob record. Like I know who okay. that is. I've never actually sat down and listened to a record. Still Standing is a really good. I, well, a lot of people say Soul Food um, would be a good album, but I like Still Standing was the best one. That's the one I own. I still I still have it somewhere. So yeah, see, now, be... that's where I should start. Yeah, that's where oh. the listeners should start. They don't know Goody Mob too, right? Go listen to Still Standing. Yeah, Still Standing. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, those, they were kids. Like when you listen to it um what they're rapping about it's from it's not it sounds more mature than like you think they would be they're all early 20s there's a lot of music though that's made by people that are kids i think yeah. i mean just look at the grammys last night right but like jeez yeah yeah i'm gonna be old man shakes a cloud right but they shouldn't people we shouldn't be discarded just because we get old i think the older you get the more you have to say because you live more but yeah, i feel like forever the business part of the music industry has forever been about kids, right? When the Beatles first hit, they were kids, weren't they? That's yeah. why you recruit kids to go to the military. You can mold them and <laughs> take for their voices. I feel like you're saying that from experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're not we're not going to talk about that then. <laughs> the listeners weren't supposed to see the. the oh actual- well. <laughs> so they won't see that and I'll pack I'll edit this out, but it'll be in oh, the you're video. True guitar and tune. Oh, uh, that one isn't, but that one is. Wanna play song? Sure. Let's see. I, I don't get all that many guests that have acoustic guitars just kind of laying around. So happens I have my um music stand right there. Oh, that's very convenient. <laughs> hmm Let's see. I've been working on just different um, songs, just just to know some standards. And by standards, a lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, don't play me anything that's going to get me sued. It's going to get you sued? No. Uh, you remember Tabs? Do you, you play from Tabs? Used to, when I first started. Yeah. They're not nearly as useful for bass as the... Learning um uh, to play bass using tabs. Me too, but that was like two thousand, like ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, I used MX tabs. Do you remember that one? MX bass tabs. I don't remember that one. I used to just Google them, or not. This is before Google. I used to just search for them. I use mxtabs.net. That's where I got my my bass tabs. I'll just, I've been noodling on these couple of riffs lately. Mm-hmm. 
song I I have in mind. I guess you you wanted something like more like okay, a song song and not just because I've been working on more instrumentals lately. Oh, I was hoping that you would play me something that you wrote. Well, yeah. So what I'm working on is. Instrumental's fine. Okay, I'll give you I'll give it more to look at here. But so if you notice they get closer and closer as the night goes on. Oh, it's the <laughs> oh I just forgot his name. Rizno. Liz um, Roxy. Roxy. I, but I'm on her couch, so she's actually here. Oh, it's the dog's couch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we took that journey or took that road. Um, but you're not done yet. Oh no, no. I, so I'm working on it. Just ha like I said, just having the, and then just going into. So it's more. It gives you more of a like a wild west, not necessarily wild west, but more open, like country type um, song. And the words I have that go along with it are about just sort of walking on a road and how night and day keep keep going. And the only thing, the only way you're going to notice what's different is if you look around and, and stay present, because if you're in the past, then night and day is gonna keep going. And so that's that. Um, I have for you right now. Who are uh, some of your major musical influences? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's Flea. I would say Flea. Well, Flea for his performance, but um, Rick Rubin. I think Rick, Rick Rubin is a guy I look at as um, it's really doesn't give a damn about what others are maybe asking him to do. And he, he goes in so many different genres, so he's an influencer. Um, I guess a, a early Alicia Keys, as far as just being instrumentalist and composer. I recently have been going back and listening to full albums, right? As you should. That's how music should be consumed. Of, of course. So one that I recently, and it's so great, this is why music's so great, is I, I, I didn't hear... Um, the Stone Simple Pilot album with the Cherub on the cover. Uh, that's their second one, Purple. It has is it purple because it had like a jar of uh, flies in the in the in the Vaseline or the song yeah, Vaseline. Purple. So that's I, their second record. Yeah, so going back to listen to albums through and through is um it's inspirational to me because those were the first time we were hearing music like that, you know. For kids. In the mainstream, who had not been otherwise exposed, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah that, that was the first time that that kind of rock and roll was like topping charts. You could find music like that before. You just kind of had to either go to college and know the cool radio station or, yeah. or go find it in your local scene, right? But yeah, I was a teenager when that stuff came out and that was my first exposure to music like that. What was that like? So that so that came at like the the early early two thousand early nineties. Yeah, purple came out. I want to say ninety four, because their third record which actually might, I think it might actually be a, but their best record, their third one. I feel like their third one came out in 97. I'm going to say purple was 94, but now I'm going to Google it to see if I'm right. Okay. I'm so, you can do that when you're out of PC. <laughs> I can do it it's right here. June 7th, 94. Ding, ding, ding. Right. So I would have been 16 when that record came out. I bet that was cool. I had it on cassette. Nice. I actually bought that. I have no idea where it is, but I bought that on cassette. When was the last time you listened to a cassette tape? Before I moved out uh, the first time when I in my 20s. I have no idea what happened to my cassettes. I had a bunch. I don't have, look, I got nothing against them. I just don't have anything that would play one anymore. They sound really good. Like, it's a sure. very warm sound. They always did. Um the only thing yeah. with a cassette is that eventually it's going to wear out because of friction, right? And since CDs, nothing touches them, they're not going to wear out. Yeah. Um, unless you treat them bad. But e you can take care of a cassette the best you can, and at some point that tape's just going to wear down. Yeah. I, I actually miss, uh, you know, just n nostalgic reasons. You know, you're falling asleep to the record and it ends and you have to like... Get your Walkman and pop the thing out and flip it around, pop it back in. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And I was you know. hunting for batteries. That was our thing. Like my my younger sibling cousins, we were always on the hunt for batteries for our um, CD player, tape player, then our Game Boys. Yeah, always about batteries. The kids will never today will never understand. No. Now, I remember one time my grandma took us to the swimming pool. And um, she, she she was forcing us to go outside and be children, if you will. And we took our Game Boys. And we, like she made us go to the pool. All right, we're getting we're at the pool. We all have our floaties on. And we're standing in the shallow end playing Game Boy. And it was at that time that our Game Boys were taken away, <laughs> as they should have been. Oh my goodness, that was a funny memory. Where were you? You're in the South for that? No, um, we were in Dallas, Texas. That's the South to me, but <laughs> a lot farther South than here. Yeah. Still hot. Still hot. Well, I mean, recently, no, they've had a lot of power outages because of the, yeah. they're, because they're getting actual real weather. Um, I mean, it's not, well, because here's the thing, they get real weather in the summer. It's called hell. <laughs> so it's just kind of sad that they have winter now and summer, like super summer and like actual winter. Like they, you know, balance, balance is good. Uh, What's that stuff hanging on the wall behind you? I'd like you to talk about that. You, you know, you, you didn't have anything you wanted to promote, but I want to promote those. So <laughs> for if, if we ever show anyone this visual, they'll see it. But this is an audio podcast. So you're just going to have to describe all that as best as you can. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I have uh, four paintings behind me. It's a matriarch season or a series. Uh, they are, I'll consider them line art. 
And what I did was take what I thought the most interesting lines of several matriarch um, based animals. So there's a um, I forgot what kind of falcon, but the first one's a very large bird. Uh, think of a number eight. And then if you were to pull that into a bird form and the number eight is prevalent in all my pieces and um, there's some movement with the wings and then next is an elephant. Uh, of course, um, they are facing going the heads with the wolf coming up next, followed by a baby bear. And uh, like I said, all line art, all original concepts. I didn't know the thing about the eight. You never told me that before. Is Why is the number eight featured in all your paintings? It's infinity, and it's my favorite number. And honestly... Um, well, it's only infinity when it's on its side, right? I don't know. I thought it, I thought <laughs> it No, I get it now. I didn't get it before. I mean... Oh, well, I, I, okay. So I... Um, what I was thinking of a way to make these all um, have a a theme run through them all. So what I did was look at the basic eight figure eight, and then sort of build off and upon that. So. You have a lot more than just those because I've seen you do a lot more of them. Yeah, they're all over. And sometimes you sell them. I do. I do. Um... More more often than I share, actually. I've been recently commissioned to do 35 pieces. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of work, but commission means you're getting paid for it. And one yeah. should get paid for one's work. So that's cool. Yes. Yes. It's for a sorority. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So getting into that, um, I've been painting for a while, but started recently sharing like in the last three or four years. Define a while. Uh, probably 2012, 2011. Before Is... then, I was drawing and doing a lot of uh, like comic books. I used to, instead of like, my journals were not just, you know, dear diary, today I did walk a path. No, it was, it's like sometimes it's comics, sometimes it's just a drawing, it's a poem, you name it. I try to keep it interesting. Well, you've clearly been doing it long enough that one, you're good at it, and two, you have you've been doing it long enough that you've developed your own unique style. I can't remember having seen art that looks like what you do, and so mm -hmm. when I see one of yours, I mean, I know when it's one of yours. Cool. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Thanks for saying that. What got you? Like, how did you get started doing that? Mm, I always have done it. Oh, I I know why. So. I've always done it and I needed to decorate my apartment and I, um, I wanted what I, I wanted this, <laughs> I wanted that because these were the first, these were the first to the elephant and the wolf and that these are like the version three and four, like the first one did not look like that. And they've just grown. Let's say I needed decoration for my apartment. I didn't want to go to Target. I didn't want to go to whatever. Like, I didn't want to go to a department store. Uh, I didn't have the means to purchase someone else's piece. Plus, I know how to do it. So I figured, hey, I'll just start decorating my home with my own art. How'd you learn how to do it? Like, you're not born knowing how to do that. Generally speaking. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a reason that there's schools to teach people how to be artists, right? It's not something yeah. that you just know how to do. 
unless you're just naturally gifted are you saying i mean well it's it's a practice and also just a lot of envisioning but i would say that i do take to it pretty um pretty effortlessly like say for instance the politics at work those baffle me (laughs) but but creating an original piece and having it be symbolic and have movement that just that just takes time a little practice and outside instruction helps but with these pieces in particular um i just looked at the most the coolest parts of the elephant and i tried to just focus on those parts and then with the baby bear i like when they go into a ball and roll down the hill so that's what that is (laughs) i thought it was funny So between this and music, which would you say that you, I don't want to go, are you better at? I mean, do you feel the same when you're creating art versus music? Does it, does it scratch the same itch in the same place deep down? No. Um, with the art, it's funny. With the art, I feel like I'm more forgiving with the art because you can always start anew, I guess, or I don't know. I feel like with the art, it's more easeful for me with the music there there's so many parts like i'm playing all the instruments for now playing all the instruments right all the music doing the mixing and mastering so um i have i've learned to sort of segment that a little better but you could also start over anytime you want with music exactly with with the art um materials get get spent up so you don't want to keep jacking it up too much. <laughs> so did that answer your question? We'll we'll let the listeners decide. If if you get a lot of email or <laughs> or messages <laughs> on something. <laughs> where where can I send people to go to go look at your art or buy it if they want? Right now it's gonna to have to be my IG page. Last time we spoke, there was a whole website. I've scaled back just for a simple bandwidth. But right now, um just DM me. Like that's that's where I'm at with it. Just DM me. I have a link tree as well. Um and I am redoing a lot. So I am undergoing sort of rebranding right now. So my page is really the best way to keep in contact with me. Even if um you don't see anything, just know that things are coming soon. It's just really a rebranding and just sort of relaunching with new focus. I will link to that in the show notes. Are you going to change your artist name or is it still going to be? No, Ori no, Sorry. Sorry's here to stay. All right. I figure I had to, how to check it. And since you didn't introduce yourself with your government name, I will not use it because <laughs> it will keep you a little secret. Uh, all right. So anything else that I, that we need to promote or that you want to talk about before we go to the other part of the podcast? Uh, no, I think we covered a lot of it. I hope I we did. You did. Yeah. Um, I, I would like for you to have told me more stories, but maybe we need to be drinking more for more stories, right? I think so, maybe <laughs> you have a lot of stories. Thank you again to Ori Soaring for taking the time to talk to me and tell us all a few stories. She definitely has more. And hey, if you were listening closely, listeners, you heard me allude to another podcast. Yeah, she'll be back. Within the next couple of months, but I'll save the reason for that for another time. 
Thank you, dear listeners, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed your three podcasts in three days. Next week on the podcast, more interesting people. Have a lovely weekend.